With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. It's May 4th, 2017. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. I'm Cherry Garcia. I'll be your co-host. Thank you very much for joining us tonight for Mike and the Mic. Our Survivor Recap Show, hosted by Mike Albright, who is the number one Survivor fan ever. He's currently met met 468 Survivor alumni. And tonight, he has someone joining him that I think it's fair to say, no matter how far he placed in the game of Survivor, he's become a favorite to everyone who's had the pleasure of meeting him and, and getting to know him. From Survivor Cook Island's Billy Garcia will be joining Mike to recap Survivor Game Changers. And as always, if you have a question, a comment, or an opinion you'd like to share with Mike and Billy during our show, just call in at one three four seven two three seven five five zero six. And once you're on our switchboard, please remember to press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air and you're not just listening to Mike and the Mic from our switchboard. Now, after this little intro, we'll be right back with Mike and the Mic. They have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days. This is their story. This is Survivor.
Mike. Mike, you're up. Hi, Mike. How are you? Oh, doing good. I've been battling a cold for about a week, but I sound almost normal. I don't have my cool radio voice, which I had like the past two days, but I'm glad I can communicate. And what a fun episode we had last night. And uh, I can't wait to talk about it and maybe briefly touch base about last week. It was a rare occurrence for us to not have Mike on the mic. So I'm, I'm glad we're back and glad we can talk about this show we love. How are you, Sherry? Absolutely. Um, doing well. Staying out of the flood right now. Um, it's a terrible thing, tra- tragedy that's going on in my neck of the woods right now. Um, I know it's on a lot of the national news, but we are in the middle of flood 2017, and there's just so much tragedy going on all around me fortunately my house is on high ground and we're not in danger of flooding but it's all around me and my husband couldn't even go into work yesterday because there were so many road closures and highways were shut down um it's just awful and people are losing their homes and sandbagging and it's just awful but you know, you can't control Mother Nature. We've had almost 14 inches of rain in eight days. Wow, that's a lot. And, um, well, you know, well, it's, it's just, <laughs> you can't control it. No, you can, but that's, especially with where you live, that's, you know, the largest river in the in our country, in our continent. That's just dangerous thing and i hope it i hope it stops uh you know april showers bring may flowers but it's may so let's put away the umbrellas for a while well this is the third 500 year flood we have been in since 93 they keep calling it a 500 year flood but we've had three now since 1993 I don't sounds quite like, think there's uh, 500 year floods anymore. <laughs> sounds like climate change could be a real deal. So, <laughs> I believe so. I believe so. We do have your guest on the switchboard, um, and I know that you're anxious to talk about Survivor Game Changers. So we'll get off the flood topic, and anytime you're ready, I'll bring him up, and we'll start Mike on the mic. I'd love to have him. All right, let's do this. I adore him. From Survivor Cook Islands, we have Billy Garcia with us. Hi, Billy. How you doing? Glad to have you back, man. Thanks for uh, coming in, especially on this unofficial holiday. So for those of you not familiar with popular culture in the past 40 years, uh, anniversary of Star Wars coming out, what, in I think like three weeks? three or four weeks from back in 77. So welcome on May the 4th to be with you the holiday. (laughs) Happy Star Wars Day to you too. (laughs) Uh, Sidebar, I guess, before we even dive into the show, as a fellow uh, Survivor fan, duh, and your past contestant, but from a Star Wars perspective, uh, who do you think is the biggest game changer in Star Wars, and uh, what's your favorite film in the series? Oh, 
biggest game changer? Well, it's got to be uh, uh, Shreve Palpatine who rose to become emperor. Uh, you know, you win the game, you <laughs> and, and and spend 30 years as the ruler of the entire galaxy. I would call that a game changer. Um, game changer, and yeah, he fought another game changer, a little farm boy from Tatooine, uh, old Luke Skywalker. I think he's. I'd put him in a similar vein. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and my favorite film of the series is Revenge of the Sith. Uh, can't beat him, you know, uh, and and Rogue One, which just came out not that long ago, is not far behind for me. You can't beat okay. movies where everybody dies. <laughs> yeah, you just start, you know, tearing through the people. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a good little, uh, I was like, it's kind of interesting they're making a movie here. And I think, I like Sith as well. I think Empire is my favorite, but. The reason I like Sith is the the prequel should have been pretty much Sith forward. I don't think we want to see baby baby Darth Vader driving around in pods and making out with Padme when with horrible dialogue. I think if it, they had been three like Sith, I don't think the prequels would have gotten any, as much flack as they did. So. Yeah, I think I think people saw it from the wrong point of view. Uh, from the point of view that I saw from it was the rise of, of Palpatine, not so much of, of, of Anakin Skywalker. And yeah. uh, and I saw Obi-Wan as the star of the prequel series. So I really didn't focus too much on, on, on uh, Natalie Portman, even though she, she went on to become an Oscar winner. I really didn't focus too much on her character as much as I did Ian McGregor's. Okay. Well, well uh, that was a nice sidebar, Sherry. Welcome, uh do you have any opinion on Star Wars while, before we talk about the best reality show ever? Pardon me? Do you have any opinion on Star Wars because it's May the May 4th, so may the 4th be with you, which is a I was hoping uh, you weren't going to ask me that question. <laughs> I've never okay. seen a Star Wars. I've never seen one. Well, stop watching reality TV, Sherry, and go check them out. They're pretty awesome. I, reality TV is cool too, <laughs> but check them out. So. <laughs> okay. Well, Billy, welcome, and you're. We're here talking about game changers. We're deep into the season. Uh, we had Christina on. Goodness, I don't know, six weeks ago maybe, and uh, we were trying to get people with connections to the current cast. So one of which played in Cook Islands before his three other trips. Do you have any opinion on the, just going into this season, the game changers, the whole idea, the the name, the people that were on it? Just what were your impressions going into the season? Well, uh, looking at the cast, my uh, my opinion was that the, uh, the the name of the season is an exaggeration. Uh, yeah. The, the, the name of the season should have been people that attempted moves Maybe, you know, maybe they succeeded or maybe they failed. But uh, people that attempt to move, but that's too long of a name and it's kind of lame. So I can see yeah. what I'm with Game Changers. Um, but, yeah, uh, it was, there were people on the cast that sort of were makeup calls. Like uh, like Caleb was a makeup call. It's not really a Game Changer. Um, yeah. Uh, having said that, um, you know, I found myself surprisingly rooting for Ozzy. I think we were going into the season. Um I thought to myself, you know, uh, uh, out of all the people that they call in game changers here, here's somebody who changed the game in a different way than everybody else that you would consider a game changer, like Sari or or uh, or, or uh, 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 Sandra Diaz. 
he he changed the game in that he was the first and maybe you know arguably the only great outdoorsman to ever play in Survivor. Yeah. So it was it was a totally different take on game changers. So I felt like he fixed the mold. So you know what? You know I, I'll just go ahead and root for my old my old Cassidy. Cool, cool. I'm glad to see, uh, well, not reconciliation by any means, but definitely you guys weren't on the same page in Cook Island, so I'm glad to see. Um, and it was neat, it was neat seeing there were about seven casts at the last finale, so it was neat to see some of the game changers there. I was a little worried because some of the people that were hanging around there were the early boots. But uh, were you shocked to see Sandra last to, like, what, day 19 or whatever? I, is, if you had been there, how far would have Sandra gotten? <laughs> you know what? Um, everybody was gunning for her, um, and, and it's funny because that's kind of like the uh, the the Jenna Lewis mentality that you want already. You had your turn. You got your money. Now it's time for somebody else to get a turn and, and make their money. So I totally get it and I understand it, but I have to admit that I would have been open to the idea of keeping Sandra around a little longer just because. She was such a target. She takes the heat off of anybody else that might be considered a target. Okay. Other person that I thought was a huge game changer, and I'm, I know she didn't win Micronesia because they went to a final two. I think if she, had, if they had had a final three, I, I'm pretty sure she would have beat out Parvati and Amanda. Is uh, Sari? Where are, are you? Sri's been there. Did she went six episodes or seven without even going to tribal? She's not got a vote. How far? And we're a spoiler-free show, so for sure. But Sri Fields, how the hell is she still around? And how far do you think she'll go? Well, I'm not surprised that Sri is still around because amongst Survivor players, she's one of the most respected players. Yeah. Um. So that that doesn't surprise me. And then. The time to get her out, when Zeke was targeting her, they were winning. So uh, uh, I'm not surprised that that uh, that she's gotten this far, especially with such a strong tribe that you know she had around her, and, and, and uh, which which meant she didn't see tribal council until the merge. Yeah. Um, I do think that we're nearing that time when she's about to be in some sort of jeopardy, if for no other reason that we got Sarah who's flip-flopping alliances and, you know, uh, the the person who would be a target in front of Sari, Andrea, seems to be seems to be a cha- becoming slowly but surely a challenge monster in this season. She's won two now, right? Am I am I right about that? Two, yeah. two minis? Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so if, if, if Andrea, if, 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 if if well, first of all, if Sarah keeps flip flopping and holds true to form and flip flops again, then Sari's alliance is in the in, on the chopping block. And if Andrea wins, you know, uh, immunities, and where does that leave Sari? That puts her right out there, you know, with her neck draped across the chopping block. Yep, I I would I would agree with all that for sure. Anyone else that you thought was definitely a stronger game changer? Or I don't know. I can't rearticulate what you said, but people that were willing to make a move people that came into this season were anyone going in you were kind of rooting for or not rooting for and now are they still here or not <laughs> well uh, i'm still rooting for cold pepper for selfish reasons uh okay. cold pepper you know i never met the man um just just a little bit of 
twi- uh, maybe a couple of Twitter things back and forth, but that's about it. Um, yeah. But for selfish reasons, if an early boot wins Survivor, then that opens the door for all us early boots. And being one of the most famous early boots, uh, that opens the door for me a lot. So for that selfish reason, I'm rooting for him. Cool. I would, uh, I, and that's one of the weird things is Brad gets such a bad rap, I think, from uh, his season, at least online. Just There's like a running joke on Mario Lanza's uh, Funny 115, the third version, where every single entry has some kind of F.U. Brad Culpepper. I think his just persona is so weird, but in person he's so, he's, you guys are all amazing to me, but he was just so down to earth, so friendly, so generous. And I'm glad he's doing well, and it'd be cool to see a pre, a season of you know, pre-jury, pre-merge folks. So you're you're uh, politicking for yourself in this scenario, I assume, and you've got one of the most memorable second boots of all time. Uh, Thank anyone you. else you'd like to your your dream cast of other people that you feel have gotten overlooked that could should come back? We we saw Varner this season, who was also you know right at the merge, but never you know, made a jury, so. Right, yeah. We're actually seeing more and more of this. Um, we saw that with Monica, who was a uh, an early boot, a pre-jury boot, who came back yep. and made it to the finals. So, uh, yeah, we're seeing more and more, and as long as they keep doing well, uh, Wentworth uh, is another one that, that comes to mind, that she uh, yep. she came back and, and had an amazing game, amazing showing. Um, yeah, there's several. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm in that that old school slash gray area of mid school, so yeah. I tend to, to to hover around a lot of those kinds of people. So people like Bob Dog come to come to mind. Yeah. Um, who's who's an amazing person, an amazing character. You know, he he, he uh, in my opinion, he he went too early. Uh, I, I just think uh, uh you know, it, it was it was the circumstances, not really that he did anything. Uh, they made you know. They had to give a reason, and so uh, you know, going to going to an outhouse and, and drinking wine, I guess, was the reason. But uh, <laughs> hard to yeah. reason, right? Well, one of the oh. things I was doing research last night because uh, we we're kind of putting the cart before the horse. But you know, Zeke went out, and the vote was uh, five to three to two. And I was curious about how many times somebody had gone home with less than. 50% of the vote, and I posted in a couple groups, and then I went and did the research because the only two I could think of off the top of my head were Gretchen from season one and Bob Dog, you know, good and voted out his uh, his season. I think he's a great character, and I would say if I was making a short list, you two would be on it for sure, and I'm actually going to probably post this in some of the uh, different groups I'm in as other people that are pre, pre-merge, you know, a good – grouping of people that you'd like to see in there. Sherry, do you have an opinion on that? That's kind of a pretty open-ended question. Just some early, early departees, you know, back in middle row folks from the finale. Who would you like to see back on a future season of the show that you like playing that might not get a shot because they don't fit in these other criteria that they've brought people back from? Besides Billy, of course, like that's an automatic. Well, but. yeah, of course, I want to see Billy back on there. Um, I'm trying to think. I have a hard time remembering exactly how many, you know, how they went out. Um, yeah. 
I'll or if I can help somebody... you. Go ahead. I want to think about this a little bit longer. Okay. Go ahead I'll, and I'll, carry I'll on. I hope you out a little bit here. I hope you out a little bit here. Um, we're going to go with uh, a very recent season, the, the last season. Um, I think if Figgy would have never had a, a, a Taylor like as, as, a, as a ball and chain, I think she'd have yep. done a lot better. So uh, thousand percent Figgy. agree. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I think Figgy's just someone who went out early that should come back, and uh, she definitely looked like she had a lot of game. I I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I'm trying to think of another female quickly. I'm thinking of a couple guys. Uh, somebody like Hunter Ellis from Arcasis, you know, was wow, okay, definitely yeah. like a Jeff Probst love affair, and he didn't really get to, you know, stare at Hunter because he got taken out by Boston Rob, but I think he'd be pretty <laughs> phenomenal. Like Lindsay from Africa, imagine if she came okay. back. Yeah, there's a couple okay. interesting people in the mix. Well, let me ask you this one. I, I I never hear anybody really really delve into this too much, not even on the on the forums. But if we were to bring back, you know, uh, uh, somebody other uh, than than the two that got brought back from Palau, because Palau was the Pagani, like who yep. who would who, who would you who would you say deserves to come back as a as a second time player from from that group? From like the first yeah. boot, you mean, or yeah, the, the well, you know, all the. The, the tribe got Padang, so you know they're they're all early boots. They're all oh, all the early, all the all the Yulong people. I you, would uh, Yulong, yeah. um probably. I think the best character would be probably Redneck James. He's just so he's just great television. But uh, he'd be great. Angie would be great. Um, yeah, I like Angie a lot. Tim Mullen. I'm surprised you. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jolanda even I think Jolanda got a raw deal And she's the only She would always sign She's the only person from Oolong to win immunity Uh, Jolanda I think their whole cast is pretty formidable Even Willard gets a lot of internet activity He's from Kroor But yeah that that whole group Even you know Jeff wasn't exactly the most riveting player Jeff Wilson stepped on a coconut Ashley (laughs) <laughs> Not really. I'm trying to think any uh, Ibrahim. He, he'd be interesting because he's the only uh, Islam or uh, Muslim cast member that's ever been on there. Like that was officially, you know, right. like, talked hey. about their faith. So he'd be cool to come back. Yeah, you know what? The, you know, you know that you mentioned that it'd be interesting like to have a the to, to, to have like a a season where. Um, you know, instead of doing like a pure Cook Island season where, but with returning players, like maybe instead of it being race, maybe just have it be like a certain lifestyle, like a certain belief system. Well, yeah, because like I think who, some of the hubbub going into this season was there was there was talk of I think millennials Gen X being like a politically divided group, which would be interesting going into an election to have like, you know liberals and conservatives and then moderates. So I think there would be some amazing dialogue, especially after this past shit show of an election. It'd be, yeah. it'd be all kinds of drama and conflict. Yeah, but, I, know, I have a couple of names oh, that okay. come to mind. First of all, Jillian. Okay. She went out. I mean, God love her. Look what she's done with Reality Rally. She went out so early, and 
I would love to see her back on Survivor and be able to, you know, prove herself out there. You know, the older people always seem to get tossed aside and I don't know, but I always root for the older ones. Um, And this opinion is probably going to be liked by everybody. Mm -hmm. But I would love to see Nayanka back. I know she's a great woman and a great character, so I agree with that too. She's she would. I love Nayanka. I would love to see her back. I really would. I just adore her, and I'd love to see her have another chance at it. I think the challenge for Nayanka would be being in that. the quitting category would probably, I don't, I don't I know. know if production would want her back, but I think, you know, she didn't really go into the game from talking to her on this show and in person. She, I don't think she really understood what she was fully getting into, you know, being discovered or whatever for her particular season. Um, it's unfortunate that her and Purple Kelly did because they've both been great to this show and great to Charity World, and they're just both great women. So it would be interesting if they brought back some people that, I would doubt CBS would ever do it, but, you know, maybe like a Winners, Quitters, and some other medevac, another one of those medevac seasons, because there's people like Bruce that should come back and a few other of those medical injuries. It'd be cool to see some weird scenario where they all got to come back and play. Well, I think there is one scenario that's very, very uh, different than what most people would, would, uh, would think of. For, for someone like Nianka or Purple Kelly to get to play again, and that's to play in a fan versus favorites on a foreign version of Survivor, like the Australian version. Yeah, that makes sense. I, Cause I don't think, that... think the uh, I don't think the Australian version could ever get CPS to agree to uh, allow the the really big names to come over. The CBS will just hoard those for themselves. So then. You know the B the B crew and the T crew would be the ones to pick from, and the crew on the bottom, the the C crew would be the quitters, and yep. the B crew would be like myself, like the the early boots. Uh, that uh, yeah, we may be well known, but we were such early boots that, you know, we get overlooked a lot. I think those are all all those are good scenarios for sure. Uh, I'd be curious to see them back in there, and I I that'd be something that. It would help because Survivor is still a top five show in, uh, I think it's like Australia, possibly Canada. I know it still ranks really well there, and it's amazingly still winning its time slot here. It's 17 years in. I'm just, I'm happy for it, but I am a little shocked that it still wins its time slot. It still has between 9 and 10 million viewers usually. Um it's just amazing the longevity of this thing. And it, as long as it's cheap to produce and wins its slot and Jeff wants to be involved, I, it could go on for 25 years or something crazy. It's not longer. Uh, I, I expect it to go longer. I, uh, and my expectation is that at some point Jeff will become too old to do it. And then that'll be the point where Jeff will take a step back and, and, and stay stay uh, as an executive producer, and somebody else will become uh, the host. But we're talking when Jeff becomes 65 or something like that. We're not talking yeah. anytime soon. 
we'll we'll see what happens. In a couple weeks ago, you know, Zeke Zeke got the boot this week, but we'd be remiss uh, for the remainder of the season. We're probably going to get just as a former player, um, just general reactions to what happened with with what Jeff did and with Zeke, and just you know, where would your line have been in your season if somebody had come across, you know, talking about. Who, however they were as a person, I guess what's inbounds and what's out of bounds in your opinion, and what was your reaction to what happened? Well, my reaction is I understood Jeff Varner because Jeff Varner comes from a season where, and not just a season, but a tribe where he had that sort of incident happen where, uh, um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name, but uh, she had married her own son. Oh, and, Deb. Uh, yeah, yeah, Deb. Deb, yeah, that's right. So since he he, he, was, he comes from that, that particular point of view where if you have a unique backstory, it becomes like your survivor experience. I, I understand why he expected for Zeke to be in that situation where in the previous season, which they didn't get to see, they came out to play before it had aired. He had assumed that Zeke, unique backstory became his survivor experience based yeah. on what his own, you know, his, his own point of view is. And so I understand why he assumed it, but it was still an assumption. He still yeah. gambled with somebody else's information. And so, sure. uh, you know, he's in the wrong and he knows it. And it's just, I feel like it's tragic. I feel yeah. terrible that this, this happened to both these guys. Because they're both, they're both great dudes, and then I think there was a bit of a, I mean, the fan perspective, the biggest thing I said, and you probably haven't listened to the past shows, but, you know, we have no place to critique you guys because we've never done what you've done. And even your alumni that have also competed on the show, all the circumstances in that their season is, you know, we're not privy to everything that could have happened. So, yeah, the whole presentation to me, I'm not 100% sure if things happen, you know, Whose idea was it to even talk about this topic? You know. Well, as a past player, I could tell by the way that it foreshadowed what was coming that it looked like he was being egged on by production. Yeah. As a past player. But having said all of that, I do have a message for fans on both sides of the fence for on this on this particular subject, and that is, this is. You know, not for me to decide or for past players to decide or for production to decide or even for fans to decide whether or not what Jeff Barner did was forgivable or unforgivable. There's only one human being on this earth that can decide that, and that's Zeke. 100%, yep. So people that are saying it's unforgivable, it's not for you to decide. You don't get get to take that decision away from Zeke. That belongs to Zeke, and it doesn't belong to anybody else. I, I agree 100%. I sent a kind message out to both of them, and, you know, I when I see them both, I, you know, it's not the first thing I'm going to talk about, but just, you know, it is a pivotal event in the season. I'm probably just going to give Varner a hug and just say, you know, I still care about you, man, and Zeke, I'm going to just be like, hey, want to sign the picture from last finale and just probably not try to bring it up unless, you know, he's talking about it because it is a – a pretty sensitive thing. And I'm, I'm glad the show addressed it, you know, in the way they did. It's just like your season with the racially divided, you know, thing. I It was uh, very controversial. And this – any other show would have handled it in a different fashion. I'm even thinking of Big Brother, which, you know, Big Brother was hyping up Audrey like crazy. And I, I appreciate Survivor not 
doing that. Now, I don't know if Audrey had a different, you know, position going into her respective show, but just the, the way Survivor does stuff is just to a different level than other reality TV. So I, I commend SEG for that. Uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, I sent Jeff Barner a PM and he, and, uh, you know, uh, giving him my support and, and telling him, like, uh, I stuck my foot in my mouth at, at Tribal Council, so I know, like, the shitstorm that it creates, and it's, it's going to linger on for years, and it's just, he's just going to have to uh, weather the storm, and he'll be for the better for it coming uh, coming out of it. And the uh, seat, you know, I've, I've seen him in person a few times. Um, as last time at Survivor Know It All Live. Um, yeah. Was I even supposed to mention that? I'm sorry. Um but yeah, you know, the best thing I could tell I could tell Zeke is just to say, You're my survivor brother. Yep. Like that's that's what he needs to hear. He needs to he needs to hear like that's behind you know, that that you know, don't even it's not even worth bringing up. That what the person he is now is the person that I know him to be. He's my survivor brother. Yep. And uh it was interesting the whole you know, fight for power and his Kind of new style of, you know, in the old days, somebody like Zeke would have probably gone out pretty quick just because he's such a threat. But there's this whole meat shield now where, you know, Adam <laughs> won last season by intentionally won people like David and Zeke around so they can battle each other out so you can kind of get through to the end. Because I'm, I'm kind of surprised Zeke got this far and Michaela being unknown entities. It's uh, only a few players have done the back-to-back seasons and I, I'm I'm glad that Michaela has gotten as far as she has and Zeke made it to last night. So it was just neat though the the, the rivalry between the, the voting block, you know, Andrea versus Zeke and between the two I would definitely be on team Andrea. You know, I think I love Zeke as a player. He's got great confessionals and the way he approaches the game, but I think Andrea is just this person that we haven't really gotten to see a whole lot from in our other two seasons. Yeah and uh Andrew seems to be playing a, a very uh, uh, fierce, fierce game now. She uh, she sort of laid low in the early part of this season, and then now she's turned it on to where uh, she's she's basically looking to delay delay some people out with knockout punches, and that's entertaining. That's what we want to see. We want to see people go for it. Yep. I think I think she is, and they got a strong group, and it's you know. Officer Sarah is uh Sri was referring to her last night. It was I like I think she learned from her experience in uh Kagayan just uh you know being in the middle, the worst part for Sarah though, if they get everyone gets together, why don't we all just vote for Sarah? Because she seems to be, you know, this pivotal person. Um I'm surprised they're not gunning for her just yet, but I think her she uh could be in some trouble. I was also were you surprised last week? Or was it two weeks ago? I can't even remember the. I'm getting kind of. We didn't have the episode last week, Billy, because Sherry and I both had some stuff going on. But um, the advantage that Michaela was just sulking and didn't even look down, and Sarah, you know, swims over and got that. Were you surprised that that happened? And what? How do you think she's going to use this advantage of hers with this nullification of a vote, which is unprecedented? Well, Michaela was spending most of her time. Uh, on that little platform, like, rolling her eyes. So it's hard to see something on the floor when you're rolling your eyes in the back of your head. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, she did it to herself. Uh, 
give props to props to Sarah for being very aware. Uh, as for when she's going to use it, uh, I, I feel like it's going to be used fairly fairly soon, and it's going to be maybe in a cluster format because we got we've got two hidden immunity idols with Ty, one hidden immunity idol with with Troyzan. We got that advantage. We got the yep. uh, that, that Sarah has. We got the legacy. With, 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 <laughs> yeah. Day 36 is going to be pretty crazy when everyone has to cash in all their cool stuff they've got in there. Tony Vlachos, um, what did he call his uh, his bag of tricks? There, that 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 episode it'll probably be in the finale if all that stuff's available. Is going to be shocking. And I did some data as a pretty big fan of the show. Do you happen to want to try to guess? I did this formulation. How many players? have been eliminated with less than 50% of the vote. I was shocked when I did the stats on this. Uh, I would just stick with the two that you mentioned. Those are There are those two I mentioned, Gretchen, and the strangest vote in Survivor history. I mean, it was one of the most monumental as well, where seven different people received votes, but she got four and six other people got a vote. Bob Dog is a pretty standard in this scenario, a three to two to two. But ten other people have been wow. voted out without fifty percent of the vote, which I found, and that's not even with you know like ties and revotes. That's just less than fifty percent, and that shocked me when I went and did the data last night on Wikipedia. So I, does that surprise you? That stat? Yeah, it surprised me a lot. Um, I guess we have so many big tribes that uh, nowadays that uh, you can that sort of thing can happen in the. And with the uh, the the merge happening earlier and earlier, it feels like <laughs> um, I guess it, it facilitates stuff uh, stuff like that happening. But uh, yeah, I'm still shocked that it's that many. Yeah, a lot of it is around merge scenarios, right? Right post merge, or you know, larger groups of tribe members. So I'll tear through it real quick, just because I think well, some of our listeners might be statistical. I'm not going to go through like every single aspect, but Brendan from Token Chains, Doctor Jill from uh, Nicaragua, Redemption Island had Andrea, South Pacific had Christine and Elise, Leaf, amazingly, came in short on his vote, uh, Francesca the second time around and Kara Moen, Cambodia oh. had Cass and Steven, and old Debbie who's sitting on the jury back in Korong, she got knocked out four to three to two, so pretty interesting, wow. uh, Stat Sherry, did that surprise you as a fan of this show that 12 people went home with less than the majority of the vote? Absolutely. I'll have to send a message to Rob Sesternino so he can cover this extensively on Rob as a podcast, unless they've already covered it. <laughs> I had nauseam with two knows. <laughs> Uh, with the episode, did you have any other big pivotal things you liked? Um, pretty interesting reward challenge where we've seen things similar to that. It was a, you know, pretty challenging word puzzle. Survivor's mixing it up lately, getting these huge puzzles. It was 30 clues that you got to get in. And it was fun, I thought, watching people try to figure out the 11, the 11 uh, letter word and some of the uh, different things people were you know, popping off with, is it, I thought it was just, I can't imagine being in that situation, but what do you think of the reward challenge, either of you? Oh, well, I think the reward challenge uh, was great. Uh, 
it seems to me like with, with so many puzzles, not just this season, but in recent times, it seems like the the puzzles are the great equalizers and the stuff leading into the puzzle is becoming less and less important. Yeah. Uh, so 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 maybe uh maybe that last stage should be something other than a puzzle. Maybe they could come up with something else. Like the, I, they haven't done the memory thing in forever, where you have to swim yeah. out and go underwater and see some symbols and then swim back and try to get them in the right order. They haven't done that in forever. Yeah, that would be good to stop on the puzzles. Uh, the thing where they run through the fake brick wall and like the, the, the I love that. It's just I think if I was out there, I'd dominate that thing. I did. That's seldom seen. And some of the weird, they feel like the challenges. I think it was okay, like Cambodia and maybe Korong. They felt like some new ones, but it feels like a lot of let's repaint stuff in the closet and mix up with the order of some of the things. It, it, it's not like some of the old school seasons where every challenge, reward, and immunity just seemed totally unique. I mean, it is 34 seasons in, so there's only so many things you can do, but I feel like we're getting a slightly repetitive with the challenges that we see. Yeah, it feels like uh... – like they got like some sort of trunk, uh, the way they pull all these different challenge aspects out, and, and they just arrange yeah. in different orders. They're <laughs> off the crates. Yeah, he's just yeah. got a big old semi truck that he just they just travel around on the take it different islands and oh let's do this thing and we'll stick this cargo net here and then just paint it. Yeah, okay, well, we got a challenge. Yeah, yeah, feels feels a little lazy, uh, but then again. Uh, you know, um, at the same time, they, uh, they've created so many different things that I, I guess they feel like are so cool that they kind of just, you know, uh, just pushing it, you know, until it gets old and then they'll create something new. That's I agree with that. And some of the things you can't have all the time, like I'm thinking like the Vanuatu vertical puzzle, really cool, but that's probably pretty hard to make and save it for like the final four. So, yeah, that makes that makes sense. And the rewards seem pretty, pretty good. Real bad, which we didn't see the people in the bed. I thought that would have been interesting dynamics to see the group of people in the bed. I just, I, that would seem like something they would have done on old school or mid school survivor. So we didn't see the bed. I don't remember seeing anyone eat the cheesecake, but people were all excited about it. And, uh, yeah. Aubrey gets always comments about the like weird thing, like, Ooh, coleslaw. And I forget what she said last night. It was some other weird piece of food and Aubrey's like ooh they've got I'm like what are you they've got ooh they've got ranch dressing it wasn't that but she always has these weird comments <laughs> yeah yeah well you know what I, I'm I'm, I'm uh, not surprised about the bed is that if there's nothing to show if everybody's just knocked out like, nothing what to see. Gonna do? <laughs> yeah, nothing there was to probably see. no idol fight like in Heroes versus Villains where you know Colby's fighting uh, what Di- or Danielle and uh, what Amanda or uh, maybe? Were you and surprised? Sorry, Go ahead. I did notice that on the last shot of the of the reward, where they show like a, a, a you know, just before they they uh, they cut the commercial, it was the last shot. Like there was a glimpse of a field producer just walking into frame right as it cut. <laughs> Oh, and, I need to go uh, back because that's pretty rare to see that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'll have yeah, to go back. Yeah, it's very rare. And so I wonder if something happened to where the field producer wasn't liking what was going on or if if 
something happened with the cameras or, or, or the sound technician or something that just forced them to just, you know, give everybody a gag order, eat your food, go to bed, and we'll start again when we get the equipment working. Like, I'll have to go back and spot that. I did not notice that. And, yeah, you only see the production folks if it's like a medevac usually. So, yeah, I'll have to go check. Where was that, right between, after the reward you said? Yeah, it, they were in the reward. It was the very, very last shot of the reward where it was a reaction shot of one of the players. Um, uh, I, I, I could be wrong. It could be Sarah. Um, yeah. it, was a re, it was a reaction shot. And then behind her, uh, you could see the, 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 the field producer, like, starting to walk walk from behind a wall and up towards them. And then that, it cut. It cut the commercial. It's about a, I will have maybe to go back and check shot. it out. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it just made that, me wonder if it was something technical going on. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go back and see that. I, I watched it twice yesterday, and I didn't catch that, so I want to see that. One thing I I did see was the, you know, Zeke bonding with the alpha males over football, which is just, just interesting on the context and subtext with that. But I also, yeah. as interesting as that was, the female reaction by Andrea of, well, why the hell are they talking about? She was like, not happy. I'm like, they're talking about football, and, you know, you know, Zeke had an interesting transformation, but he's a, he's a guy, and guys, many guys like to talk about sports, and football right now is the most popular sport in our country. And I was just like, yeah, they're having a connection. They're just talking about some football. Like, But Andrea was like, seemed offended like people wanted to talk about that i just found it fascinating yeah i think uh she's a woman's course so i don't think it mattered what they were talking about yeah <laughs> mother uh, teresa she's like i can't believe they're talking about mother teresa and gandhi who are these people <laughs> yeah she still had it in physique from, from the previous vote <laughs> well, that was and then we had the people on the reward and the people not on the reward. So I, it's always neat seeing the, the dynamics and the groups between there and their reactions to that. So is the strategy of the people on the bottom are always the ones that more likely than not need to scramble. So there was a lot of, you know, Ty and Sierra and Troy just trying to figure out, you know, what they're doing. And I was pretty surprised going into the episode. They kind of, you know, tricked me a little bit with who got the boot. I, were you expecting what happened? Or were you thinking uh, where the minority would go? You know, I was expecting I was expecting a guy to go, for sure. That wasn't the guy that I was expecting to go. Um, I, I'm glad that it wasn't uh, 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 Culpepper, because I was worried going into the episode that, you know, this is about the around the time when people are saying, oh, he's a physical threat, he's got to go. But we're not hearing that. We're hearing strategic threat. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's uh, uh. But then again, it's not like Cole Pepper is tearing it up. Didn't he like get the? Uh, Did he uh get get beat by Michaela in his part of the the reward challenge? I <laughs> think so. Let me check real quick. Da, da, da. Actually, he did better than. Then she did at the, at the reward. He he advanced past her. I'm pretty sure he did it slightly better. Well, yeah, I think he, he advanced. Yeah, I think he advanced past her when it came time to pull the numbers. But in the obstacle part, I think Michaela actually overtook him. Oh yeah, she was dominating that. Yeah, she was really good at that part. Yeah, and he's a he's a pro football player. He's a pro athlete. 
So I think, uh, you know, they're not talking about him as a physical threat because I think we're not seeing the pro athlete. We're seeing, you know, an older guy. Yeah, he is. It's just, uh, one thing that I found interesting was how many of these people didn't make it on uh, second chances. There's a couple of people that didn't make it into that season that I think have done an amazing job, and I'd be curious if they had been in second chances. You know, sometimes it's the right time. But, uh, yeah, Brad and Troy Zan are both in that older guy. You know, Troy Zan's – I think Troy Zan's older than Brad. I should know that. I'll jump Yeah, yeah. He's in his mid-50s. And Brad's in his 40s, I think, probably. In his late or, 40s, yeah, late 40s, uh, yeah. But same, you know, demographic. So it's just it's, I'm glad they got their shot to to get in here and and uh, and mix it up. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing a, uh, uh, you know, I'm surprised that Troy Zan isn't going for it more. But then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, well, I think because of his age, he might feel like this is his last chance to play. So he might be playing very, very safe. He was um, he was up at Bob's event two summers ago and got to uh, fifth place, but he kind of got he was, he was so good he became a marked man. So I think he's intentionally throwing challenges, um, even some of these individual ones, just so he doesn't appear as threatening. That's just my kind of read on him from watching him and being his like executive producer out there. I think he learned a lot from our game, and he's trying to do things to make it where he is now. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, we're getting to the nitty-gritty. I mean, anybody that's holding back, we're getting to the point where they might want to turn it up and just try to win their way to the end. For Which, sure. Uh, I would think uh, uh, Troy Zan and Culpepper are the two most likeliest to be able you know, to have that, that extra gear to, to turn it up. Yeah, and individual challenges, I would say them, maybe Ty, if it's like Balance or Andrea, has been pretty tough. She was, you know, that first Redemption Island, she beat out three big dudes to get back in the game. So I think she's tough. Michaela, I think this is a pretty, depending on the challenge, a pretty flexible group. I'd say, you know, weakest probably, depending on what it is, maybe Aubrey or Suri. Um, yeah, Suri, I would say. If, if if it's anything physical, Ceree's the weak link. But once you get into the brain game or, or the skill game, because she's a nurse, like yep. she can manipulate her hands pretty well or have steady hands. Yep. Yeah. In fact, I would say in a challenge, that challenge where you have to uh, uh, maneuver, you have to hold a stick with a ball at the end of it and maneuver yep. it through a, a wireframe maze, I would, I would pick Ceree in that challenge. But I would, uh, I would agree wholeheartedly, yes. Yeah, but in, in, in other challenges that has to do with running and jumping and and and, and ducking down under things and all that, uh, she she's definitely at a disadvantage. I would agree. What were you think? Because we didn't get to recap this last week. The moment that Serena and her and a lot of the players had that, and I don't think they would have shown this until a couple, recent season or so, with uh, them all going to help Serena last week. What did what as just a former player? who had some challenges and challenges. Um, what was that like to watch as a fan and as a past player? Did you have different feelings watching that? I mean, it was very emotional for me because, you know, knowing all you guys and knowing all the people playing, it was just cool to see. Yeah, it's just uh, – just, uh, 
you know, to reiterate what I said earlier, Sari is one of the most well-respected players amongst the players. And so yeah. it didn't surprise me, It was, but it, it definitely comes at my heartstrings. Yeah. Sherry, what do you think? Because we didn't get to talk about that last week. Well, how did you feel about that That interesting moment we don't really have and get to see like that? You're going to have to repeat where you're at. I was in a conversation off to the side um, with someone okay. else. I, so. was just, I was just saying, Sari, when she had trouble in the last challenge last week and Sarah and some other people went out to help her, what was that like watching? Oh, it was something we've never seen before. Oh, my goodness. That was a touching moment. Watching her just, you know, get it done. The You know, both teams watching her and, you know, pulling through. She really, you know, had all eyes on her. And I know that knowing that everybody was standing there watching her, you know, Jeff Probst, the whole crew, both teams, everybody was watching her, and it had to, you know, make her even more nervous. But she, you know, really came through and got it done, and I know it meant the world to her. Yep. So I think she did some real bonding there once she, you know, came through that. That meant the world to her. I would, I would agree. Uh, the immunity challenge was a little more mundane than you know it was, and I was surprised that we only had one real person that was close to winning. That all their their dominoes fell. Um, somewhat of we've seen this one a few times. I don't know the specific seasons, but you know Andrea wins her second immunity. Billy mentioned that earlier. I was. I was surprised we didn't have a couple more people get close and then their dominoes fall. It was Andrea just did really well in that challenge. Uh, I think Zeke looked like um, at the very end, after Andrea was declared the winner, like he put that, he put one more domino down and then hit his and said, "Look, he would have had it." Like that was his thing. Yep. And I think they did. They showed that on purpose, uh, foreshadowing uh, the elimination for the night. That. Uh, yep. If he'd have got that one last domino down and then made it back to the front before uh, before Andrea, that he would have won immunity. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was he was the closest. He was one domino away, and then he had to make it all the way back. So yeah, it was one hell of a challenge. I thought that was that was cool, and Andrea was safe. I would I, I would have been more curious because Sierra was a was a target, and I was. I think it would have been interesting that would have mixed up everyone's moves. Did you think it was a smart move for Sarah to tell tell uh was that Sari she told about what her advantage yep. was? Um wow. would you would, told- what would you have done in her shoes if you were there and you happened to have that advantage? What would you have done? Well, she told the best player in the game. I would have told the best player in the game. That's yeah. Sari already has enough of an advantage. And that she's that good. That's yep. that's already too much of an advantage. Um, and then she's probably uh, the most experienced player left in the game. So she's got she's 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 the best uh, strategically. She's got the most experience of the people left in the game. That's you, you don't need to give her a third advantage, especially when her history, her history is 
that she has the ability to take somebody's advantage away from them and then vote that person out yep. <laughs> the moment they give it away. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put myself in that situation. Sherry, had, what about you? What's your take on that? Would you have done what Sarah did by um, giving out that information to Suri? No. Okay. Me neither. I I agree with you both. And I'm trying to think who I would have told out of this group. You know, Ty got just as deep as Aubrey, but I wouldn't have told Aubrey. I wouldn't have told Ty. I think somebody like possibly Troy's in or Brad just to build some kind of a bond. You know, thinking like, where's this other idol? Maybe Troy's in will tell me that if I tell him this, and maybe we can have an information exchange and we can both screw each other over. Maybe Sierra. But yeah, I wouldn't have told Suri Fields anything, Aubrey. No way in hell. Ty's a little too, even though he has two idols. I'm, what do you, and, you know, if you know anything, you know, just answer it another way. But what the heck do you think Ty is going to do with these two idols? And how is he going to mess up his game? Because I keep envisioning Ty doing something stupid again with his idols that's going to hurt him. So do you think he'll play it well? Do you think Troy Zan will? You know, do you think uh, we've mentioned earlier, you think it'll all come down on day 36, a whole bunch of stuff coming out? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, but uh, I was, when Troy Zan and Ty were talking, I thought for sure they were going to tell each other about the idols. Like, I, I, was, I was dead set. I was like, oh, this is the part where they, 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 they compare notes and they find out they have three idols between them. Yep. And then it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I was like, oh, what a missed opportunity. They, you know, they could have seized the reins there. They could have took over the game with three idols. It doesn't really matter what 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 uh, what, what Andrea had planned. Yep. They could have, you know, they they Zeke Zeke had uh, before that come forward to uh to Troyzan and Culpepper say that he wanted to work with them. So that was a number. That was yep. a number that would have gave them the advantage, and I would have, you know, that was the opportunity like to find out about all these idols and. Save Zeke and who, and who knows what else they could have did. And, oh man, what a missed opportunity! I hope next episode they find out and they they work together because I'm rooting for Culpepper and they're part of Culpepper's alliance. But it, uh, it's the final nine, we've got an interesting scenario. If it somehow comes down to a three to three to three vote and the idols are played right, one thing that's never happened is all votes being nullified in a in a vote. And I think if somehow they play their idols correctly. I think it'd be amazing TV because I want to see what happens if every vote's nullified. What does CBS do? They have to have a plan ready for that scenario with how many idols have been around before, but that's what I would like to see, a combination of your thing and this. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to see. You know, uh, I'm actually um, concerned that, you know, it's the final nine, but once you get to the final eight, like if they play, if they play all the, you know, if the, let's say the legacy advantage gets played, not the legacy, yep. sorry, the the steal a vote gets played. Yep. Aren't you telling somebody who potentially has an idol that they better play their idol, <laughs> like by stealing their their vote? Yep. So so if 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 uh, if Troyzan and 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 uh, and uh, uh, Ty get together and exchange a note and they, they figure out they have three idols between them and that their alliance is, at this point is really an alliance of three with Culpepper. 
because Sierra is, is ready to jump ship, and, and Sarah's been flip-flopping like a fish out of water. So yep. their alliance is really is really an alliance of three. They've got the three protected with those three idols. So, even, yeah, even in the final nine, you don't even have to wait the final eight. The final nine, you know, uh, you, you play the three idols, all three people are protected. You know, even if they split their vote, it won't work. Yep. It, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Um, And then uh, I could be wrong about this, but I think the steal of vote, when there's a tie and, you know, the potential is to go to a rock, you can't steal a vote at that point. You have to steal it before the first before the, I would the, say first so, yeah, you'd have to steal it first. Yeah. Because you can't use yeah. an idol on a revote, and you can't have, if, if there's a tie this time, right, They there is no revote, it just goes to rock, so maybe that's why there won't be a 3-3-3. Three to three to three. It's auto rock. Remember this season's no no revote, it's right on to rock. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and then the people that got voted on don't pull rock. So, so here's a curious thing. Here's a curious thing. Three idols get played, right? Yep. That's three people that don't pull rocks because they're immune. The individual that won, the person that won individual immunity, doesn't vote. I mean, doesn't get doesn't get voted on. So that's four yep. people that are immune that don't pull rocks. Then uh, the two people, the two people that got voted uh, that tied, they don't pull rocks because if they're tied, everybody else pulls rocks. That's not the two people that got voted on are immune. So. Right now we're at we're at what six people out of nine that wouldn't pull rocks. So three people pull rocks and there's one bad rock. That would be a, that would be amazing TV. Where's the Emmy? <laughs> Give us the Emmy, please, because we earned it. Like yeah. <laughs> wow, that would be a great way to to take out to take out a power player, somebody that has been in such control. Like if if if, if it were like. Serene, Andrea, and Sarah that pulls rock, they're guaranteed that somebody that potentially could win is gone. If all that happened and the steal of vote happened, it would just be crazy. If somehow that could happen too. That would take out the seventh person. There would be two people pulling rocks. You're either you're either here or you're not. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Oh, that would be pretty it's... cool. Um, then we get to the vote, and it's a five to three to two. Interesting votes. We get uh, Andrea, Aubrey, Sri, Michaela, and Sarah all going for Zeke, and that was a bit of a misdirection. I wasn't expecting that. Then we've got Brad, Sierra, and Zeke, or Brad, Sierra, and Troy Zane going for Ty, and then Ty and Zeke going for Sierra. So interesting, interesting vote that. I don't think it was telegraphed very much. I didn't expect to have what happened happen. Yeah, and 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 Michaela crying after the vote, after the votes were read. That that's pretty telling. That uh, you know uh, she feels like a backstabber. Yep, she took out her fellow person from her season. I don't think it was ever crocodile tears. It looked pretty, pretty sincere, or just ultimate jury management. I don't know. But they'll all talk at try at uh, Ponderosa. Even have you watched the Ponderosa videos at all, or? Uh, I usually wait until after the season's over because uh, one time I don't want to give I don't want to get too deep into it because then we'll get sidetracked. But I felt like uh, one time I was watching the, the Ponderosa videos and there was just enough set that it felt like a spoiler. Oh, okay. 
yeah, it felt like they, they told, they foreshadowed something that the episode had foreshadowed. Okay. Interesting. So, I'm be careful next time I watch. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't the. Uh, I'm trying to remember which season it was. I remember it was a season Coach was on. I can't remember which one of his seasons, but I felt like it had. Uh, yeah, it had foreshadowed some stuff, and I, I wasn't too. I was like, ah, I should have never watched this. Why did I do that? Might, might have been Heroes versus Villains because they did some fun stuff there. Do you think if they did that for the pre, pre-jury? I think that'd be interesting to see that, what you guys are up to. Is it a similar experience to what we watch? Is you just kind of hang around camp and then then you guys do your trip, right? So is it pretty similar to what we see with the, the jury? Or how do you guys interact pre-pre? I think there's more hard feelings in the pre-jury than there is the jury. Okay. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of mean mugging and, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, a lot of arguing that goes on and um, – and uh, it definitely, for my season, like, if you remember, I got to see all my tribe mates come one after the other. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, so I had a lot of, a lot of, I, I told you so looks, you know, that I gave them. I gave them a lot of, uh-huh, you see? Nice was, that was on that su- challenge, I too. Yeah, good job. Yeah, it was a suicide bombing. You just didn't kill me, you killed yourselves. So, yeah. As he escaped and got there, and I'm, I'm always curious. Do you think, uh, why, why did Ozzy not beat Yule? I mean, I know why Becky. Oh, one answer. But... One answer. One answer. The deciding vote was Candace, and Candace called him out on the, on the, uh, called Ozzy out on the throne challenge. Okay. That was, that was it. That was it. So the story, uh, was the throne challenge like shaped the season, and I just don't think the edit executed it well. But that was, you know, you know, new school survivor would have executed that edit well. Old school survivor, they show you chickens running away and and uh, a lot of spear fishing and a, and a lot of outdoorsy stuff. Like it, it didn't show a lot of the game. Yep, makes sense to me. Um, closing thoughts, anything uh, moving forward? You've kind of said who you, who, who do you think's got the best shot from here on out, and who do you think's got the worst shot this next week? Well. One of the things that I'm looking at is a lot of Debbie's reactions on the uh, on the jury because they're showing it a lot. They show yep. her giving the middle finger to Sarah, and then when someone said, "Well, they're game changers," after the vote, she replies, "Well, they're they're idiots." Idiots. So, yeah, they're gonna. I think this is gonna build up. There's a foreshadow of maybe Debbie letting someone have it in the final tribal council if Sarah makes it. Maybe why she she doesn't get that deciding vote. Um, and, well, one thing I'll, I'll uh, echo with reflective listening, your thing, maybe what happened to Neil happens to Debbie. Maybe she gets voted out of the jury and she's talking so much shit. And then <laughs> one of the finalists gets to vote out old Debbie. Yeah, you never know. Um, never know. Um, the, yeah, I, I just feel like they're they're playing up Debbie a lot. So I don't know if it's going to be like some sort of Sue Hawk type speech, or or or, or if her vote will be the one that des- that you know decides who wins and who loses. Um, you know, a la a la, you just mentioned Ozzy and Yule, that one vote that, that decided yep. it all. Um, I don't know, but it feels like it's, it's something that's being foreshadowed. I don't know any spoilers. I don't like spoilers, so I'm just guessing here. Yeah, so yeah, I'm just throwing some stuff out there that is just is catching my eye that it feels like they're playing Debbie up a lot in the jury. 
We'll see what happens. Sherry, do you have an opinion on that? What do you think's up with Debbie on the jury? I have noticed them um, showing her a lot. And somebody, I I think, went, oh, it was uh, when they gave a confession to who it was that flipped. I think Debbie gave, flipped her off. That's what it was. Oh. Um, they sort of hid that, but you could tell that Debbie flipped her off from the jury seating over there. Okay. Well, they are showing um, her quite a bit. She's getting a decent. There's all kinds of weird things. Who knows what other things they will pull out. I'm I'm excited because it's uh it's like my 15th or 16th straight finale to go out and hang around, and I'm really hoping Isabel's coming with me, my fiance, and I hope she gets to go to her first finale. So we'll nice. see what. Well, hopefully we'll get tickets and uh, get in there and watch some cool dramatic things happen. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, I think I'm supposed to remind you, actually, uh, uh, Mike, to uh, to uh, 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 reach out to to Cecilia and and JP to see if they're gonna go, uh, so you can get that poster autograph. Yeah, they're both in uh, Southern California, so I will. Uh, I'll message both. I think I'm friends with JP on Facebook, and I know I am with Cecilia, and I'll mention that. I got to remember to take that poster with me and get because I forgot to get Ozzy. Because I wasn't sure oh. I was going to be there. So, Ozzy, I can get him, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I will message him, and I'll let you know if I have any trouble with uh, – I'll have to check my contacts if JP's on there. So, I'll, I'll let you All know right. about that. All right. But cool, cool. I appreciate you spending some time on here, man, and uh, got, got you in here. There wasn't band practice, and I, I great insight. This has been a fun episode. Sherry, do you have anything before – we wrap up or anything else to pitch or nope I think it was a great episode I'm looking forward to seeing how all this plays out um it's been an interesting season so far oh yeah well we wait with bated breath so <laughs> but thanks man thanks for thanks for coming by and I can't we'll see you in what a month right oh reality for diabetes Oh, for sure. Yeah, I already, uh, yeah, you know me, I like to ride the Chinatown bus. I already got my ticket. <laughs> I'll probably be picking you up, buddy, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> oh, all right, Betty. I always come back, I always come out of that with a lot of interesting stories. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have them to share I can't you. wait to hear about the Chinatown bus, so. <laughs> yeah. All right. See ya. Good Thank hearing you. from you. Oh, thank you. You take care. Uh, you too. All right. Well, I guess that's our show for tonight. We're going to wrap things up with Ron as we always do, but I want to remind everybody to please join us on Monday for Monday with Michelle Costa from Big Brother Season 10. I don't know who our guest is going to be on Monday, but I'm sure we're going to have a great show. That is at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, Manic Mondays with Michelle Costa from Big Brother 10. 
and then back here again on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central for Mike and the Mike again. Here is Ron to take us away for the night. Everybody have a great weekend. Be safe out there and be kind to each other. Good night, all. Here's Ron. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. It's always a great one with Mike Albright. Mike, say good night. Good night, everybody. That's a wrap, everyone. Take care, and again, have a great weekend. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.